Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hello, everybody. We are here with our good friend, Christina Scalera. Welcome to the show, baby. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Thanks for being on. We're super excited to get chatting because we've talked a lot with you before and I feel like our audience kind of knows who you are, but you really help creatives make sure that they are protected and making smart and safe decisions online. Uh, And that's what we're going to chat about today. Christina actually started out as a super awkward actually not awkward because she was so gracious, but it was a collaboration. And she reached out to us about working together. I think was yeah, I reached, yeah, I reached out to you guys in the beginning of 2000. Yeah. What was last year? 2016. I don't even remember what year it is. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you reached out to us and you talked about working with us and we whipped something up. And I feel like we may or may not have worked something legal out and we probably could have done a better job. And knowing what you know about collaborations and working with people, how what advice would you give someone who's like interested in like a having that kind of relationship, but also on the protector booty side, what should you do to have that all set up? Yeah, wow, that's a big question. So The biggest thing in the collaboration, any kind of collaboration, right? And I think this is where a lot of them go wrong is you need to decide what the goal is. So it can be fun to collaborate with somebody, especially, you know, like I was fangirling you guys at the time and it it was like a really fun collaboration. But at the same time, I think even that collaboration could have been more successful had we defined like, oh, if we turn out this much revenue per whatever, per sale, or if we sell this many memberships, because that was still when you guys had the membership site up and running, you know, if, if it was, I guess, tangibly quantifiable, like not to scare people mm-hmm. off. I, I hope that makes sense. Like, you know, the number essentially that you're trying to hit either in terms of revenue or profit or both or memberships or whatever it is that you're selling seats to a course. If we're, if, you know, in the case of like a styled shoot, like if we get into this publication. So if you have that clear goal that, you know, you can almost like feel it like, and it's 
the consistent goal across each of the team members or each of the collaborators, whether there's two of you or 10 of you or whatever, I think that's the most successful or that that is what is going to lead the, to the success of that collaboration. It's where people start to get in trouble is when the collaboration doesn't have a clear goal. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, we want to do this shoot and we hope it gets published here. Or it would be really cool if we did a course about XYZ. Those are the collaborations where people end up not being friends in the long run or you know, someone's disappointed and they are resentful towards the other person or people. Um, so that's why it's it's so important to have that goal from the start. Well, I think it's it's like rocket science now to think about like <laughs> that we didn't have those type of discussions. I think so many people just go into these relationships excited or under that like fangirling kind of mask where you, you will do anything just to get to work with this person or just to get to, I'm not saying that's what was in the case of us last year at all, like tooting our own horns over here. But I think we go into a lot of stuff blindly and without like checking all of those boxes and kind of having those hard conversations first, because I think what ends up happening is that if you don't know what the end goal is and everyone is not on the same page, like you're going to start thinking that there are different expectations for you or for the other person. And that is when those weird kind of relationships and awkward conversations have to pop up. And that's what causes like a lack of friendship or you don't work together anymore. It's not necessarily the lackluster results of the collaboration, if that's what you guys were looking at, but just literally that lack of communication because no one knew what the other person was supposed to be doing. So if, if that's what you're going for, my, my question to you is like, how do you start that conversation? Like, do you go in with the initial email saying these are kind of what my hopes and dreams are? Or do you just try to solidify working together and then bring up these things? Like if you were me and I was less awkward, how would you do this? <laughs> <laughs> Abigail, I feel like we operate at the same wavelength. So I'm not sure I'm going to be able to help you, but hopefully I can help <laughs> some of your listeners. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, some of the most successful collaborations I've seen or been a part of have started with a mutual friend or some kind of introduction. So trying to find that mutual introduction is going to help you guys connect faster and probably on a more meaningful level than if you were to just cold reach out to somebody and say, hey, I love your stuff. I want to work with you. That being said, I've had plenty of really cool collaboration. I mean, with you guys, I think it was a cold outreach. I don't think anybody introduced us. And I feel like that went well. And that was because I came to you guys and I had a clear understanding of like, hey, I think this would be really cool if we accomplished X, Y, Z. And I was clear about that. Probably the same thing that you guys have I mean, collaborations could take on any number of forms. So for example, podcast guests, right? Like that's a collaboration of sorts. And I'm sure you guys get pitched to all the time. And people are probably like, hey, look at all this cool stuff I've done. You should feature me on your show because I'm just so awesome. And that's not Mm -hmm. helpful at all. But when Mm -hmm. somebody comes to you and they say, hey, I noticed that you haven't talked about this topic in a while. Would you like to talk about it? Here's three talking points that we could get started with. That's a huge benefit to you. And it makes your job so easy you know, you're in a position now to say, like, I don't know who you are, but you just you just made my afternoon like an hour's work of, you know, an hour's worth of work lighter. So I'm going to go yeah. say yes to you now. Um, and so that can work in any situation. You just, again, it's if it's a cold intro, I think you're finding that benefit to the other person, especially if you have less leverage in that situation. So if you're the mm-hmm. newer person, if you don't have any kind of 
like established record or following or something like that underneath your belt. You know, if you're the person with 100 Instagram followers and you want to work with somebody with 5,000 or 50,000 or whatever, you're the one who has to really show what the benefit of that partnership or that collaboration is going to be and maybe even talk about how that might be accomplished. Yeah. And the benefit isn't like doing your whole like resume about how awesome you are. <laughs> the benefit is what could you bring to that other person? I, I, I will tell you hands down, I, I, I like weed through a lot of our or people who want to apply to be on the podcast or want to be interviewed or want to work with us or whatever. And like literally every single pitch that's like, I've listened to your entire show or I've listened to a handful of episodes and here's what you haven't talked about yet. And here's what I know. And here's like a rough outline of what our interview could be. I'm like, shoot, that's our first 30 minute conversation. We've already figured that out. Like go book. Let's just make this happen. That's going to get you a lot like somewhere deeper into that relationship a lot faster. For sure. And the other thing, is results, right? Like I have some people that I've worked with and they, I mean, you would go to their Instagram and you're like, oh, who is this person? Their website sucks. They have no Instagram (laughs) followers, but they can accomplish amazing results for the the people that they Mm -hmm. work with, you know, like we're talking like half a million dollars in extra revenue in certain businesses that they've accomplished. So, you know, I think it's, if if you can show both, that's better. But if if you can Mm -hmm. show one or the other, then that's also going to be helpful for you as you're approaching somebody with this like cold intro pitch or collaboration idea or whatever you want to call it. And then I I feel like we just kind of like skimmed over the mutual, (laughs) like you already know each other, (laughs) organic collaborations. But I don't, I don't really feel like we need to talk about that too much other than the fact that like, if you are friends to start with, and you want to maintain that friendship, if you want to maintain that relationship, that's where that clear goal setting comes in. Mm -hmm. It may even be more important than the cold intro because you're, you're probably, it's kind of like when you work with friends, like, I don't know if you guys have done this yet, but when you work with friends, you kind of maybe don't give it your all because you know, they're still going to love you at the end of the day, (laughs) which is why like, I actually try not to work with friends uh, Mm -hmm. on like legal stuff. But if if you do work with a friend, it's important to have that conversation to sit down, like go out to a cool restaurant, grab some coffee at a new place, whatever. And just even back of the napkin, write it down. Like that's going to be more efficient yeah. than not saying anything and just kind of like you were talking about, Emily, assuming that you're on the same page. Well, and I think the other thing I will say, I, I think a lot of people take for granted, if you've gotten to know the person a little bit and you know them online, like you're active in their group or you read their emails or like you guys have connected in some way. So it's not a totally cold email, but I coming from a place that gets pitched all day, every day for like everything that you could, could think of. We have people who I've seen speak up in our group or speak up in other groups that we're in. We've like kind of chatted together online like nothing private message, nothing on a text like relationship, but you would think that we would know each other online. And all of a sudden we get this pitch that's like, Hey, I have this course. And I would love for you to like pitch it to your list and you can get a percentage. And that to me feels so icky and so gross that I'm like, don't ignore those initial, like if you're wanting to go from a collaboration from like, we've just like are kind of liking each other, each other's posts online to pitching your product to their audience, which is a very like, intimate thing to do, then I would suggest having some sort of tiered relationship that builds up to something like that. So if they have a podcast or they have a blog where they're taking guest contributors, start there first and then like hop on a phone call to literally just chat with those people and hang out with them and get to know them better and then talk about the thing that maybe is your big scary hope and dream. So don't don't ignore those steps, even if you think that you know that person on a more personal level. 
Yeah, that's that's great advice. And I, I love it. And it's it's true. I, I think as you're getting started, you don't realize how valuable each minute of airspace, if it's a podcast or, you know, section of an email newsletter that's going out to an audience or, you know, blog post, like whatever it might be, as you get more and more kind of advanced in, in your creative career, you're going to feel the, the pinch a little bit harder and you'll you'll start to write better pitches or you'll start to make better ass of collaborations. But yeah, it's it's a hard thing and I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it, but it's true. It's like you only have a very limited amount of attention that your audience mm-hmm. is able to tolerate as far as like getting pitched to or, you know, receiving your sales offers or your whatever yeah. it might be. And so you know, we think oftentimes of like community uh, competition in terms of, oh, like I'm a graphic designer and she's a graphic designer and we both do WordPress sites. So we're competition, but like, that's not your competition. Like your competition is in Russell Brunson. I love him. He talks about, what was he talking about? Like your direct versus your indirect competition. So like everybody knows their direct competitors. Like, you know, mm-hmm. who else is a graphic designer that kind of overlaps with you and you know, kind of takes your clients every now and then or whatever. But like your indirect competitors are the ones that we need to be watching even more closely. And those are the things that we don't even think about at first glance, right? Like technically you guys, like we're competitors, technically, like we are going for the same dollar from the same audience, even though it's for mm-hmm. a totally different product. And, you know, that's, I think that's where a lot of really great collaborations can happen because we have complementary services, products, like whatever. But at the same time, it's it's definitely somewhere that I think a lot of people as they're starting out don't realize about this like indirect competition thing. And so mm-hmm. they, they're like, why won't you sell my thing? Why isn't it a good fit for your audience? You're not selling them this. And it doesn't matter because, you know, that $100 that was going to go to you with your product yeah. is now going to them with their product. So it's, it's definitely something that... It, if you're just starting out, like it's something you should be considering, but I hope I'm not getting too far off topic. No, I love that. No. I, I put it exactly into like real terms of, of what my issue is with it. I love it. <laughs> so I'm curious about specifically the legal side of it. So I think a lot of times we just, we just have a conversation or we just have an email response back and forth, or we do have that bar napkin or whatever, but there's no like officialness to it. And when do you think it makes sense to make a collaboration more legit and like actually write up a contract and actually have two people sign it or four people or six people or however many people are involved? For sure. Yeah. So this is a really good question. And there's two things that I consider if it's my client or if it's me, whatever it might be. And the first is always the relationship, which we talked a lot about already. And the second is money. So there's only really one reason why anybody gets into any kind of like civil legal problem, which, you know, contrast that with criminal. You guys all know what that is. (laughs) Don't murder people. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. We're not talking about that. Like that's clearly there's different motivations and things happening there. But there's really only one reason why legal problems happen on like the business side of things. And that's money. You know, somebody wants money somewhere. Somebody in a collaboration didn't get what they were owed. A client, you know, is, is upset and they didn't get what they were owed. So it, it really, I can't, maybe I'm being kind of closed-minded here, but I really have a hard time finding any kind of situation where the underlying cause is like absolutely not money. Like where someone's not asking for money back or they're not asking for some kind of compensation. And so that's why 
putting something in writing where the relationship matters and where there's money being exchanged. Those are the two situations where you you just have to suck it up and say like, I'm going to be a big girl now and I'm going to have mm-hmm. a contract because this is a real business and this isn't just a hobby of mine. If it is still a hobby of yours, that's great. You know, maybe you don't care so much about having some kind of contract or, you know, legal system in place to make sure that whatever collaboration you, you've committed to is being followed through. But if this is, you know, your big girl business and, and this is your livelihood, I think it's it's kind of some tough love that I'm going to give them, give you guys mm-hmm. right now. But like, you, you have to be okay with sending out that non-disclosure agreement if you're maybe entering into a relationship or thinking about entering into a relationship or, you know, signing that joint venture contract. And you can't be afraid to offer that to somebody just because you're a fangirl of them or you really want to work mm-hmm. with them. You need to to take that step and, and give that that to them to consider because it's it's their interests that are protected too. It's not just yours. It's not like a one-sided thing happening here. So can can I tell you a secret? Uh, in front of your entire audience, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so a long, long time ago, I sent an email to Emily and I said, I will give you 50% of everything. And she wrote back, sounds good to me, babe. And that was our first contract. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wish the subject line was something like "just so we have this documented somewhere." <laughs> I love it, and I wish I was joking. And I've been like, I feel I've been ever since we've been friends. I felt like I needed to tell you, like, like confession, Aww. like, like priest style. Like, I need to come to the Christina <laughs> confessional and say that there was no contract in place for my business partnership. I mean, like, talk about collaboration on steroids. Like, I was sharing my entire business with someone, and the way we set it up initially, and trust me, it's way more legit now. And Christina has helped us switch such yes, things. It is but, legal, legal. <laughs> but or- originally it was just an email and I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was just like, I don't know who was worse off me or her or what. I but know she was sharing me. her entire business with me and I was building an entire business for someone else. Like if, if it had ended badly, that was what it was going to end up. And luckily <laughs> thank Dumbledore. It did not. We're all here happy today. For sure. Yeah. I have a secret for you guys, which is oh, that man. if if you guys hadn't sent that email, there's still quote unquote protections in place. Like there's common law contract law, but it's probably not what any of you, either of you or any of you listening want. <laughs> it's, it's determined by your state and it's determined by years and years of legal precedent. And so I think it's really cool to, that we have the chance to offer each other a contract and make this legit. Like, I actually see it as an opportunity. I don't see it as one of those like, oh, man, this sucks. I hope they don't say no. You know, like, I'm going to scare them away with my contract. I don't see it like that. I see it as a really cool opportunity to outline what it is that you guys are both agreeing to and yeah. not allowing some like random third party or some weird case that happened 50 years ago if there's a problem, determine, you know, what the outcome of a dispute's going to be. So yeah. I, no one out there needs to feel guilty or bad or anything like that. Like there's no shame if you haven't thought about this yet because <laughs> you're thinking about it now and you're taking mm-hmm. care of yourself now or if you don't have the time this week, like maybe next week or next month or whenever you get to it, right? Like doing something at some point is better than you just kind of burying your head in the sand and pretending yeah. like this stuff doesn't exist. So you don't need to make it a, a confession. Like, I'm not going to judge you. I never judge anybody. And, you know, it's it's fine. <laughs> but well, thank you. Talk to me. Talk to me about why why are people so scared to send someone else a contract? Like, it. 
I've never understood that at all. Like, what is the fear behind that? What are people afraid of someone else looking at and saying that they don't want to sign a contract for? That is such a good question. And I am probably not going to be like the most articulate speaker on this issue because I feel the same way you do, right? But like, I have to remember that this isn't this isn't how everybody feels, especially starting out. Like some people are scared to even register for an LLC because they're afraid they're going to do it incorrectly. Or they're scared to email somebody because they're scared that that's going to happen incorrectly. Like whatever it is, that's, that's your thing that you're scared to do, whether it's a contract or sending a like an invoice. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's really scary for a lot of people is to send an invoice and ask them for money to pay them for, you know, if you're getting started for your services. I think it's it's probably the same underlying fear, which is that we are either not confident in whatever it is that we're delivering or we're afraid that the person is going to say no to us. I think there's also this conception when it comes to anything legal that it's bad. So the Mm. connotation up until this point in our lives has been you don't deal with legal things unless there's been a problem, right? Like Mm. everybody hates lawyers because you don't actually think about calling one until something bad has happened, right? Like Mm -hmm. same thing with doctors maybe in some situations, right? Like you don't think about the emergency room unless your leg is broken or something. So I think there's this really bad connotation when it comes to anything legal. But then we have to remember that we're business owners and we have to take care of things proactively. Mm -hmm. But that's not like the sexy fun stuff that you see on law and order, (laughs) right? Like the the stuff you see on law and order is like someone got murdered and now they're investigating it and it's horrible and awful. And that's been up until this point in our lives for the last whatever, however old you are, 18, 30, 40, like how, whatever your age is, if you're just entering the business world, that's been your introduction to contracts, to legal things. And it's really hard to just go back and erase however many years you've had of exposing yourself to situations where legal equals bad. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you are having those feelings where you're like, oh, I'm scared to send the contract, remember that it's about that relationship and have a conversation with the person. I'm so guilty of this. I always forget to just talk to people, <laughs> like to pick up the phone and mm-hmm. like, text them or call them, you know, and then a day goes by and I feel guilty for not calling them or texting them or whatever. And now I'm like, oh, a day's gone by. I can't call now. And then another week goes by another month. And then, you know, you finally see them at an event or something. You're like, oh, crap, I'm, I'm going to call you. And so, I mean, I think I think it's just important to have that conversation when, when it's time. And then if if you're mm-hmm. late like me sometimes, like admit it and be like, oh, shoot, I meant to call you three months ago and I just, it didn't happen. But here's like what's been on my mind. And yeah, so I, I, there's not like an easy answer to that other than to say, figure out where the fear is coming from from you. Like, yeah. is it societal? Is it something that you grew up with? Is it like you've had a bad background and your only experience to legal stuff has been like, you know, a parent in jail or something? Like, what is your, what is your aversion? Like, why do you not Mm -hmm. like this? And then how do you figure out, like, what do you do to reframe that? So whether that's your contract or sending invoices or whatever, you know, your money mindset, I think it's all kind of wrapped up into one. But if you are having a problem sending a contract to somebody, just kill the elephant in the room. Like tell them, I'm sending you this contract because I want both of us to have our interests protected. And here's how I think your interests are protected and or how I've tried to incorporate this into the the contract or how I've made sure that my lawyers incorporated this into the contract. Like just tell them like your interests are here too. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. 
I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I... I remember kind of going through this again because it had been so long. We when we were in the you know one on one services world way back when, like that was like commonplace. That's just how we ran our business. We had contracts. I mean, we had proposals, and then we had contracts, and then we sent invoices, and then that was our life. And then all of a sudden, we didn't work that way. And so the next time I sent a contract was when we had our first podcast sponsor. And I remember like sitting with Emily. <laughs> and being like, okay, that just took me like four hours to write. It should not have taken me four hours to write a contract, but it's done. But now I've ha- I have only had to write it once. And once it's done, I, I don't have to write this contract again because it'll work for any podcast sponsor. <laughs> I'm going to send it. And then I press send and like five minutes later, it's been signed. Yeah. I was like, why did I make that such a 
big deal. Seriously. Yeah. I'm like, did he even read it? I think it would have taken longer than five minutes to read it. Yeah, he did most, not read it. Most people don't read <laughs> the contracts that we send them. <laughs> it's fine. And then I you I, I yeah, sorry. You do have like sometimes just I mean, I've sold over, I don't know, like close to seven hundred templates at this point. I get really fun questions back sometimes. It's always, I don't know what it is, but it's always the guys, right? Like it's always like the fiance, because I sell a lot of, you know, wedding professional contracts, vendor templates, that kind of thing. It's always like the fiance or the father of the bride who's like an attorney or an engineer or like a chemist or something. And like, I really sincerely believe that they they just want to like show the girl or the bride or the daughter, whoever it is, like how smart they are, because they always come back with these edits. And I'm like, these are not beneficial to her at all. But they just like want to change something so bad. Mm -hmm. So you have both sides of it where they don't read it at all. And then Mm -hmm. you have where they do read it. It, but like they're just like looking for something that's yeah that's funny I have um Abby's my contract reader I very I very rarely read the fine print and Abby's like did did you read that I signed it and it's good I said well if you say it's good I'm good I'll sign it it's fine sign it's healthy guys <laughs> find someone who can read your contracts for you <laughs> no that's not don't don't recommend that to people well actually I think Emily has a point in one one aspect and that's no. Overlapping business duties, just because we're talking about collaborations today, I feel like it's worth mentioning. You guys have figured out how to partner really well, obviously. Mm -hmm. If you haven't, go back and listen to their episode where they just (laughs) hit six figures with their last launch. Clearly, that's a good (laughs) partnership. But, you know, one of the things about a really successful partnership is like you cannot have overlapping duties. You have to trust that other person. Yeah. And if you don't, then like why are you in a partnership together? (laughs) Yep. Yep. So it makes yeah. a lot of sense. I, I actually don't think that's a bad thing is to have one person in charge of like that that part of the business, the contracts mm-hmm. or the legal stuff or the finances or whatever. I do, one of these days, I'm going to have like a fun part of my like title. Like Abby is in charge of all things legal, all things numbers, all things analytical. <laughs> I mean, you think it's fun mostly. I, I do, but... To everyone else, they're like, Emily's job sounds lower than Abby's job. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Guys, you, you need your numbers, girl, to, to break down your sexy math and show you how great your business is doing. Very <laughs> that, true. That's, that's what I tell you to find in life. <laughs> okay. So we, we talked about collaborations and talked about using contracts to protect your booty. Talk to me about other ways and other reasons why you might need a contract. Like collaborations is just like a simple solution, one particular instance. But like I know contracts are used for about a million things. And what are some things you think people that are listening to this show might run into in their everyday life that are like, oh, I didn't even think about a contract for that. That's such a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Surprisingly, I think one of the one of the things I love to use contracts for is I I love to use non-disclosure agreements, NDAs. You guys may be familiar with that term. I love to use that before I hire on a new team member. So if you're just starting out, maybe you're like, oh, I'm not going to listen to this part because, you know, I don't have a team yet. But it is important for you to know that this is available to you, even if you don't have a team or you're not in a position to hire a team or it's just you and it's going to be you for the foreseeable future. But if if you ever are in the position to hi- like hire a VA even at $10, $15, $20 an hour, whatever it is, an NDA could be something that's a really helpful tool that you can lean on because this is kind of like the pre-contract. So an NDA is you 
used, like I'll send that to somebody that I'm considering working with and I'll give them some test assignments because I don't want them to just Mm -hmm. unilaterally be able to go in, see all of my processes, my email lists, you know, like I don't want them to be able to export that as a CSV Mm -hmm. file. And all of a sudden, you know, they have an email list of however many thousand people are on there now. So I make sure that I have this NDA in place so that they're not able to take anything that's mine or that they can see working behind the scenes and then apply it in their own business or apply it in other people's businesses that they might be working for. Um, So, you know, we use the NDA, we do the test period, and then I have them sign an independent contractor agreement. Um, And so that kind of takes over for the NDA. So that's one instance where I would have a contract and you probably haven't thought about that. Or if you have, like you didn't maybe know that that was available or that's what it was called. I'm trying to think of other instances. I think, I mean, it's really obvious, like like Abigail was talking about the the client relationship. That's obvious. But I think any relation, I keep saying this word relationship because it's the entire foundation of what my business, the contract shop was built on. So anytime I want to maintain or build a relationship with someone, mm-hmm that's where a contract needs to come in. And I think the challenge then sometimes is especially when you're moving in a different direction with your business or getting into a different field or working with someone more experienced than you, you may be ins- you may feel insecure that you don't have the right contract in place. But I don't think that is really easy to do either. I mean, at the core of contracts, like I said, it's it's that relationship. And as long as you're writing down what you believe the relationship to be and they have their say in it as well, you know, I, I don't really feel like you can go wrong as far as like defining what each other are getting out of it. Now, like the legal parts of it, that's something different. That's why I have templates because mm-hmm. I don't expect, it's like Abby took her four hours to write this thing. Like I don't expect people to have that like three years of law school plus like all the post law school job experience in their heads to write a contract. But, you know, I think if if you guys can at least put down like your I love I just love the email that you guys sent to each other. Like we should have this in writing. And it was 50 <laughs> 50. And like you had no idea what would actually happen if something went wrong, but at least you knew that 50 50 part, like that money part and the relationship part. So mm-hmm. at the very least, there's that. <laughs> so what do we do if we ever have to like call on something that was broken inside of a contract? What are some initial steps we can take? For sure. This is, I'm so glad you asked this because people are like, oh, contract, contract, contract. I need a contract. But yeah, like what happens if you actually have to enforce your contract or your online terms and conditions for your course, right? Like if somebody's trying to initiate a chargeback or a refund. Oh, um, Lord. And I know, I know you guys, that too deep. <laughs> I, know, I, I know you guys just talked to, um, to Courtney Johnson about that. So if you guys have refund questions, go back and I'm gonna I'm gonna like plug your own podcast. <laughs> <Keep going. laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But go back and listen to Courtney Johnson's episode. Maybe they can tell you what episode number it is. Yeah. If, if you need to enforce your contract, whether that's like the client service agreement you have or your NDA or your online terms and conditions for your course, the first step is always to evaluate like what would make you whole, what would make them whole. Because our knee-jerk reaction is usually defensive. Usually we get that like tight feeling in our stomach. Did we do something wrong? We're being blamed for something. And you may or may not have, right? Like maybe someone just genuinely didn't like your product and they're initiating that chargeback. Maybe somebody felt like they didn't get what was part of your service that you said was part of your service in the contract and they just want to be compensated for it. So like my first my first step would be to take a walk and like, just leave it. Like, I wouldn't even answer the email that first day. I would just leave it alone. And I would walk away from my computer. I would walk away from the desk. I would come back when you're feeling 
like you're in a better headspace, which I know when it first happens, you're like, that's never going to happen. I'm never going to feel better, but you will. And once you come back, you have a clearer mind. You're like not feeling all the knots in your stomach. Evaluate the situation. See what is really happening here. Like, is the bride breaking up with her husband? Is the mom upset that she wasn't more involved in the wedding? Is the client just confused about who was providing what? Is the person that was taking your course, are they like upset because they thought they were going to get templates and you didn't give them the templates or like figure out what it is. And again, it goes back to having those, if you want to call them confrontations or conversations and asking them, I would, I would just directly ask them like, what is it that would make you feel better? And of course they can be a real jerk and they can just say like, I just want you to go to jail or I want you to like pay me all the money or like whatever. Like they could say the, the worst thing ever to you. That's, that's my new favorite line. I just want you to go to jail. People react in really strange ways. but. If you, the the nicest, you know, the nicer you can be to them, and the, the the better person you can be to them, even when you just want to punch them in the face, the nicer you can be, the better the outcome of the situation is going to end up. So a lot of people have this like knee jerk reaction, like, oh my god, legal problem, contract question, call a lawyer and get a lawyer involved really soon. And my first, almost always, my first reaction when someone calls me in that position is to like let them chill for a day and say like, I'll return your call tomorrow. I'm really busy today, which isn't a lie. Like I am. It's really hard for me to return calls on the same day. Let them chill so that they can come back to me with a clear head and explain the situation. 50% of the time, it resolves itself like by that point. They don't need me. And then if it hasn't, the next step that I, I usually talk to them on on that free consult is is I just ask them, like, same thing that we talked about here. Like, what is it that you think this client wants? Like, can you go back and write a really, really sweet email that says, like, I'm so sorry. Validate their feelings, right? Like, I'm so sorry that you're experiencing this. I, you know, wasn't aware, but I would love to make it up to you somehow. You know, like, what do you feel like would help you in this situation? Like, how would you feel whole? Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. I'm not saying, like, copy right. that exact phrase. You need to put it in your own words your own voice, really assess the situation, use your common sense. Like, is this something that you need to be sending right now or should you let them cool off a little bit? And then once you send that email to them, you're really sweet. You're really, you you validate them for how they're feeling. You don't admit any kind of blame. Like you're not like, oh, it's my fault. I know. You just, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, what would make you feel better? That could be Mm -hmm. the whole email right there. And once you do that, I would say, like I would say 70 to 90%. Like I, I'm not a statistician. I'm not like tracking this, <laughs> full disclosure. But I would say like at least 70% of these situations mm-hmm. are then resolved because the person just wanted to feel heard or they right. just wanted to, you know, have their feelings validated or they just, you know, they're like a scaredy cat on the other end of this because they never expected you to come back and be like sweet to them. They they totally expected you to like come out guns ablazing, like pitchforks in hand. And when you don't do that, they like don't know how to respond a lot of times. And so they're like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I I wanted a refund, but like you actually were really nice. So could I just get like an extra template or an extra <laughs> like whatever? So yeah. I think that's not the like legal question or like the legal answer that people want to hear. Like they want to hear like I have a bulldog attorney and they're going to take them right. down. But like right. in reality, that's really expensive. So right. yes. decide if you want to so- spend a lot of money. <laughs> How, how do we handle this? And this is just a personal problem. So I'm just going to air all my personal laundry on the podcast. What's Welcome new? to our lives. But okay, so situation. Every time we get an email, whether it's actually negative or we just interpret it as negative, I get like 
very emotional about it. And I decide to distance myself from it. And lately it has been like, I'm not even handling it. Everyone Mm -hmm. else is handling it, which Mm -hmm. has been healthy for me. Which is why we have an email VA shout out to Katie handles our shit like that. And it's awesome. But, but (laughs) Emily gets angry. So mad. She she gets so infuriated. And then she like stomps around her house and Mm -hmm. she will like yell at her dog and be like, Toby, so-and-so emailed and they said da-da-da-da-da. And she's Uh like going off at her dog or like Brian or Penelope. Even Well, I already worked this out with Jessica. I already have the answer for you. Oh, oh, Uh oh. Because the, a, a situation came up recently where uh, Abby was super distant and I was super violent. And that's like normal <laughs> of how we handle those situations. And so uh, our good friend, Jessica Ely, y'all probably heard of her. If you haven't listened to her episode, go back and listen to it. She's an amazing human being. I asked her, like, I I will come down from this. Like, give me a day or two. Give me like 48 hours and I'll be fine. Like, we have someone handling the response. So I'm not even having to respond to this person. Like, super, super awesome. But it was such a unique situation where we did have to like help our help Katie craft a response to this person because it was so weird but I said like why am I so violent about this like I want to stab 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 and she talked to me about how like a lot of times like the root of that anger is literally because we realize that someone else's morals do not align with ours someone else's values are not aligning with ours and for me that's very frustrating because I am very much like follow the rules follow the law. Like it, the, the type of email we were getting was a literal threat. And it was, I'm like, you cannot do that. Like you literally cannot do that, but here you are doing it and it pisses me off. And so I just got super angry. Cause I'm like, I can take negativity. Like you can like say my makeup's ugly. I don't give a shit, but like, don't break the law. Like that is so frustrating for me. And then like kind of throw it in our face. So that went like, Hey, Christina, thanks for listening to that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to guess you, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe because you're a lawyer, you don't get emotional, but I think you're more emotional all the time. Like for my clients, it's bad. (laughs) So how, how do you take the emotion out of it? How do you like not read an email and whether you take the time to distance yourself? Cause I usually do that. But then sometimes I distance myself so far. I'm like, shit, it's been like two and a half days. I really need to handle this. Yeah. But like, you still just like, like, it's not like you don't listen to these people, but they, they like legit break your heart inside a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And it, it's really hard. It's, there is no, like, there's no clear way up, right? Like what I've had to do personally, and this, I mean, this isn't, if someone's threatening you with some kind of like violence or illegal action or something like that. Like that's one thing, right? And most people don't follow through because then they call an attorney and they're like, oh crap, their hourly rate is like more than I make in a week or whatever. whatever. Like, so most people don't end up following through. You know, insurance is helpful for that too because if you have insurance, like you're like, okay, well that sucks, but I have insurance just in case. Um, Same thing with the LLC, right? Like that's why you set all these things up. But, you know, pure and simple, I think, recognizing that you're at a level where people are noticing you and you're visible enough to get poor feedback or to get like 
horrible things said to you. I, I mean, you have to just take a second and like appreciate the fact that you've achieved that level <laughs> in some ways, <laughs> because, you know, when you're little, nobody cares about you. Like no one's going to take the time to right. bully somebody that doesn't have like anybody following them on Instagram or isn't selling anything or putting themselves out there. So I think if you're if you're not getting like poor emails back or if you're not getting people that are upset with you in some way, shape or form, you're not putting yourself out there enough and you're not mm -hmm. being, you know, you, you don't grow in this comfort zone. You grow in this discomfort zone. And so you have to put yourself out there in a way that that makes people a little bit uncomfortable. And, you know, some of them will have reactions to it. Some of them, you will trigger something in them. And I have a mentor. Um, her name's Kelly Newsom Shortes. I can't, her last name is French. It looks like Georgia's. I can't say it though. Um, <laughs> Sorry, girl. <laughs> so Kelly always told me, you cannot make someone feel a certain way. Like someone mm -hmm. is always feeling that way because of something that happened to them, because of all the life situations that have led up to that moment in their lives. Mm -hmm. You cannot make them feel angry. They can only express what they're feeling. And if that's anger because they read your thing, like that's happening not because they read your thing, but because there's like all this stuff that's been building up mm -hmm. in their life to that moment. Yeah. So I think reminding myself of that and then like finally practically, it really does help to keep a list or a jar of like, I call it a jar of awesome. And I actually had my mm -hmm. clients make this on a retreat with me earlier this year, <laughs> just like a jar of awesome, like awesome things that happen to you, whether mm -hmm. that's like a literal jar that we made or an email folder where you save like really sweet, unsolicited, happy, nice feedback. Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, it also, again, like, sorry, guys, I'm not going to be able to prove this scientifically, but <laughs> I remember reading, I think it was like in the Harvard Business Review or something where if you are excited for someone else or you express some kind of joy or excitement for them like hey i'm so happy that you know whatever happened like you made that sale or you got that client if you write them an email or a text or an instagram mm -hmm. message or something like that it, it's been shown and again i can't prove it but or can't cite the, the the source but it's been shown that you will actually feel the same emotion that you're trying to convey to that Aww. person so, I mean, it's also why we're sad when we hear bad news right. on Facebook, but right. at the same time, we can kind of leverage this to our mm -hmm. benefit and mm -hmm. say like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you, Emily. Like Penelope looked like she was doing great doing XYZ. And that was so fun to see that video that you put up or something, just something like that. So I yeah. think yeah. going through those steps and if you have to, right, like if this is happening a lot, I'm, I'm so glad you outsourced it to Katie. You know, I think customer service in general is like the worst job in the entire world. So yeah, shout out to everybody who does that or has ever yes. done that. But, you know, even if you have to write out these steps, right? Like mm -hmm. write down what you're grateful for. Send a message of like love or appreciation to somebody, you know, realize like you've achieved a level in your career that this is a thing. Like make sure you have that somewhere visible so that when you are just seeing red, <laughs> you maybe also catch a glimpse of that. Yeah. No, I love that. I think we need to make a literal jar of awesome. I think that that's on our next hangout together list. For sure. Ours I like clear. it. <laughs> awesome. Abby, do you want to take us into talk strategy to me? Well, I'm not the one talking strategy to me. Christina needs to talk strategy to me. So tell me, Christina, if you had to sum it up into five things people need to do, and this doesn't have to be things we talked about, but like okay. five things that, you know, just you feel like people might be ignoring on the legal side of things. What are five action steps you feel like people need to put in place that they might be ignoring? That's a great question. I know I've said that after every question, but like, sorry. That's <laughs> We're just like really good at our job. <sighs> I apologize in advance for the podcast review you get on iTunes. It's like, Christina <laughs> says you say that's a good question every time. <laughs> 
so first thing, the the number one thing that people miss out on when they're setting up their business is they always go for the LLC. And that's actually like the third or fourth thing that you should do. The first thing is always your contract. And that's because you cannot have a business if you don't have clients, if you don't have customers. So if your contract is an online terms and conditions template, or it's a client service agreement of some sort, that's the first thing that you need to have. And then the second thing is probably insurance. And then you start to get into the LLC. So, you know, those are the first three things that I would say, like, if if everybody's out there looking for like, oh, did I do this right? I don't know if I did this right. That's how you know if you did this right. And you guys can actually get a guide that not just has this, but all the steps that you need to have a legit and profitable business. And that's at thecontractshop.com forward slash strategy hour. So the name of the podcast. <laughs> so those are the first three things that I would say that you, you just can't skip that if you're forming a business. Yeah. Then, you know, we didn't even talk about it today, but if you are looking to quote unquote legalize your biz, if you're looking to have a really uh, legitimate biz going forward, the fourth thing that you absolutely have to have are trademark registrations. And the reason for that is because you guys are all like, we're all creating some form of intellectual property, whether that's our photos or our websites or our courses or, you know, client magazines, like whatever it is that you're creating for your audience. And I prefer to seek trademark registration before we get to the fifth one, which is copyright registration. And the reason why I like trademark registration better is just because I, well, one, I'm a trademark attorney, so, but I feel like your trademarks are all about your brand and your message and, you know, the names of your courses. And it's just, it's, it's so much, your, your brand is so much closer to people than, you know, maybe the direct exact words that you're using in a blog post. So it's just, it's going to be by nature a lot more visible. Like someone's going to have to find your blog post, copy and paste it and put it on their website versus your brand, right? Like somebody might just see that in passing on a Facebook ad and they don't even think about it. But they are like, oh, like the strategy hour, that would be a great idea for a course. Mm, And now all of a sudden mm -hmm, they have the strategy mm -hmm. hour course. Shit, we need like five trademarks, Christina. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but seriously, like, you know, they they don't even realize it. They've just internalized the strategy hour as a phrase. And now all of a sudden it's it's the name of their course or something and and traffic's being redirected to them. So you know, just to recap, the first thing is contracts. Second is, did I say insurance? I said insurance second. And then third, LLC slash, you know, getting your business set up. Fourth is trademarks. Fifth is copyright. So hopefully that provides you guys with a rough map yeah. um, or framework that you can follow. And, you know, just realize that I, I really truly believe like, and I probably shouldn't say this as an attorney, but like getting out there and doing it wrong is going to benefit you more in the long yeah. run than like being too scared to start and not getting out there. And you're like, oh, I'm afraid yeah. I'm going to do it wrong. Like something's not set up correctly. Like, yeah, maybe it's not. But like, right. at least you're out there. At least you've sold something. At least you have clients at that point. Yep. No, I think that applies for everything, not even just legal base and, and getting out there. Just do it work. <laughs> you're going to mess up and that's okay. So you're fine. So thank you so much for heading for coming on the show today. We really, really appreciate it. Tell people where they can hang out with you online. For sure. I'm always at thecontractshop.com or my name, christinasclera.com. But if you guys do want to get that special freebie that we created just for the podcast, that legit plus profitable business guide, it's a really great literal guide that will walk you through all this. It comes with a checklist and everything. That's at thecontractshop.com forward slash strategy hour. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Abigail. Thank you. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. 
We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.